Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. As the Taekwondo and martial arts world emerges like the rest of the world from the coronavirus pandemic, health and safety is paramount on everyone's mind. School owners, dojang owners, masters everywhere have been concerned about striking the balance between their desire to return to the dojang and their training and the desire to keep everyone safe and healthy. My name is Mark Sorianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. On today's show, we are joined from Scottsdale, Arizona, by Dr. Paul Ledesma. Dr. Paul, in addition to being a physician, is one of the co-creators of the Extreme Mist Portable Sanitizing Solution. This sanitizing solution, portable, effective, has been adapted from a, an innovative device that was used by hikers and the founders of the Extreme Mist Portable Misting Solution. Dr. Paul talks to us a little bit about his martial arts journey and about how this system and systems like it can be utilized to help Dojang owners reopen and provide safety and security for their staff members, for their students, and for their families. We've provided in the links uh, some information about how to obtain the system, but also uh, a CDC links uh, within there that will help you to be able to determine what sanitizing solution may be beneficial for helping to keep your dojang clean as you emerge from the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. Hello. Hi, how are you? Mark? Hi, how are you? Very good. Very good. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, very good. Very good. So you're in Arizona or California? Uh, Arizona. Okay. How are things out there? Hot. Very okay. hot. <laughs> but how are things in terms of uh, overalls? Things returned back to a sense of normalcy in terms of society? Uh, somewhat, yeah. I think there's... Um, in general, there's been a, a resurgence of activity, you know, the restaurant scene and, and just normal, you know, casual activities that people do. Uh, there's, there's still a lot that hasn't really picked back up. You know, the gyms in particular are slow to, to reopen. I think people are still hesitant. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, and then there's industries that still haven't recovered yet, you know, like the um, entertainment and movie theaters and sure. But um, no, and, and then just on the business side, you know, things here, I've managed to stay open through the whole, the whole shutdown. But um, our platform, for the most part, is martial artists and Taekwondo people. Um, but we have right. a variety of uh, people that we speak to, and, and many of them are uh, people that have either services or products or things that, that are of, um, of interest to martial arts practitioners. And in, yeah. in particularly in this time, you know, I've been on so many of these forums with so many of the groups where um, obviously sanitation, 
um, hygiene, uh, you know, anti-COVID uh, measures have, have been such an important discussion in our community uh, regarding, you know, reopening and going forward procedures that when uh, Andrea and I spoke, I thought that uh, what you've what you're working on would would really be of, of interest to our community. So I wanted sure. to have an opportunity to discuss that. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background, what it is you do and, and you know, okay. where sure. you grew up. Yeah, so um, I didn't start out in the desert. So originally, I'm actually from the East Coast, but not quite north. Um, I spent quite a bit of time up there. But originally, I grew up in Georgia, so South Georgia near Savannah. And uh, my, my father was a physician. Uh, both parents were immigrants from the Philippines and um, landed in Georgia to practice uh, medicine. Uh, we all grew up there, my, the youngest of five kids. And after going through college in, in Georgia, I went to medical school down in Miami and then went to my hospital training and residency for uh, podiatric medicine. So I'm a doctor of podiatric medicine or foot and ankle specialist surgeon and did all my training up at Cambridge Hospital up in Boston. So spent about a uh, better part of a decade there doing my training, and then I stayed and practiced in uh, Massachusetts. If I ho hopefully I say this right, Worcester, which is Central Mass. Right, right. Um, not Worcester. <laughs> so I spent <laughs> about 10 years total in New England, and I actually met my wife in medical school, who at the time had happened to be from Arizona. So her family, also from New England, um, originally from Vermont and Rhode Island, she and her parents moved to Arizona back in the 80s. And then going through school, she ended up in medical school with me in Miami. When we, we got married, actually, right before I finished residency, she did um, a surgical residency in, in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, and hers was one year shorter than mine. So we started... Uh, we started our family in New England, and, and she got homesick. Um, parents were still in Arizona and Scottsdale, so sure. she just kind of made we, – we both had a sense of needing some family around, and neither one of us really had any in New England. So um, we decided to move about uh, a little over 10 years ago to Scottsdale. And, um, Scottsdale's beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah, it, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely different than New England for sure. sure. <laughs> Things aren't quite as old. It's a little drier here, um, not as green. Sure. But um, oddly enough, you know, the, the desert, I think a lot of people have a, the misconception that everything's just, you know, cactus and sand, which sure. it is. There's, there's a fair amount of that. But honestly, where we live, we live about 20 minutes north of the city. And it's as green and lush as I remember growing up in the backwoods of South Georgia. Sure. Uh, tons of tons of wildlife, uh, deer, javelina, where they, they look like wild boar, <clears throat> um, coyotes, galore, rabbits, everything you could ask for wildlife-wise. So it's, it's really, it really did change my opinion of the desert when I got here, uh, when I first when we first visited, when I started dating my wife. But um, yeah, we've been here for 10 years, so, and um, I started um, my practice, I, I had worked with other people when I first got here. Uh, and my wife was gracious enough to step back and take care of her children. Um, kind of a group decision that she did that because uh, she's just as trained as I am in our profession. But uh, we decided that our family came first and she wanted to put the effort into raising our children, which she's done an amazing job with that. So, um, But about a little under, about eight years ago, 
a couple of years after we got here, I decided to start my own practice. And ever since, it's just kind of grown slowly and, and um, have developed a reputation here and, and do everything from sports medicine, trauma to surgery, reconstructive, um, and then a lot of diabetic care, which is pr- we're prone to see in this profession in particular with foot and ankle sure. disorders. So, but um, yeah, so that's, you know, kind of my background as far as the professional side. And then, you know, I guess uh, pertinent to our conversation and, and your area or your world, my, um, my martial arts journey kind of began very late, actually very recently, personally. So as a family, my kids were doing karate. And then when they were, you know, little toddlers and uh, four or six to six years old, my wife and actually was the one that inspired me to kind of step up and actually participate in the, in the arts. She had dabbled with karate when the kids were doing it as a, you know, in the adult class that they had at the dojo we were at. Sure. Um, but then they started offering other classes and, and she had tried out Taekwondo. Uh, but then the gym that the kids were at primarily, they started offering Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes, sure. which, you know, she thought it was um, an extremely intriguing sport for her. She's very physical, very competitive. Don't tell her I said so, but strong as an ox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to try when I roll with her. Uh, but she she just had this drive to uh, something, you know, fitness goal and self-defense and um, it was really amazing, and, and to watch her her passion into the sport, or at least when she started, was inspiring. And um, unfortunately, she got hurt, and then she had a couple of other medical issues that came up that just yeah, just kind of knocked her down, and and sure. she didn't really get back up that quickly. So she put everything on hold, and the kids burnt out on their uh, karate journey, um, which lasted only a couple of years. And so for a long time, we just we did nothing in that regards. And then about two years ago, and as a kid, I had always been passionate or fond of martial arts, uh, watching Bruce Lee and all the um, martial arts films growing up. And then with that, and then just my own personal health was um, not the best place I'd ever been, quite heavy in in regards to my weight, and, and just my overall sense of health wasn't where I wanted it to be. And little hints kept getting dropped off and had clients or patients that come through the door that were part of a gym and heard about uh, this person and that person. Always loved UFC, watching uh, and uh, enjoying the fights on TV. And then one day, patient um, actually inherited from my partner came in. He was a member at the, at the gym I roll at, and he, we just struck up a conversation because he was injured and trying to get back to the mats. And I said, oh, which, which, which gym do you belong to? And, and it happened to be a Gracie uh, studio, uh, Gracie Barra to be specific. And he just inspired me to just kind of use that as an excuse to like, you know what? I hate going to the gym. I hate lifting weights. <laughs> Uh, I've always been athletic and I played every sport you could as a kid, but I just couldn't find something. And, and unfortunately golf is really not physical enough, which I love and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I don't actually uh, lose any weight or get healthier playing. Sure, sure. So I decided that, you know what, let's try it. I, my wife did it. My kids were kind of interested at the time way back when, and um, it was right in between the house and my work and my office. So I said, let's just, pop in on a Saturday. They have an intro class for the family. 
whole family would go and uh, test it out. And that was two years ago. And ever since we've, we've been pretty active, you know, I've been before the shutdown happened, I was probably going anywhere from three to five times a week um, to work out, you know, sometimes first class in the morning at 6am and then hit the evening class. And it just became more of a, which, you know, they said it when I first joined and I was like, Oh yeah, whatever. I just want to get some exercise. I want to get fit. And, but it really turns into a lifestyle in a sense. Um, You know, I think martial arts kind of does that to people. Uh, You get in. No question about it. And it transcends any particular style. I mean, regardless of karate or jujitsu or, Right. It is a very similar mentality. Right. And and I think I attribute that just to the the mental involvement and focus you have when you're in the sport itself and the arts. And it just translates into, you know what, this is a good way to be. This is a good mindset to have in life and how to behave and how to control yourself, your emotions, your physical nature. Um, There's a lot of good things. And, and, you know, my only regret is that I didn't start earlier myself. Sure, you know? <laughs> sure, no, absolutely. You know, and I was like, man, I'd have been a black belt if I'd started when uh, my wife had done. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so would she. So would she. But uh, you know, nevertheless, uh, we found a really amazing studio and, and dojo, and, and and even for that, I feel very fortunate. I, I hooked up with um, the, the Gracie Barra franchise and team. Um, the owner of our particular gym is the vice president of North America. So he's in charge of all of North America and just happened to have Arizona be his home base. And, and my gym is his particular home gym. Um, uh, Professor Flavio Almeida, <clears throat> who's a, uh, who's a direct uh, black belt under Carlos Gracie Jr. Um, which correct. was amazing in itself. You know, we were fortunate. He actually graced us with his, with a visit last year. Um, I think last December, uh, he came down and actually visited our studio um, in support of uh, our professor. That's who was great. going through, uh, you know, a little tough time, but uh, it's it's a really cool studio, and and just the art in general has inspired me to both be healthy and just to maintain some type of focus and center, you know, outside of my work. And um, sure. and I'm doing my best to keep my family engaged. You know, it's been a little tough through this whole. Sure. Martial artists all over the world are experiencing the same level of, you know, anxiety of, of, of you know, how to, how to how to stay and and school owners, how to keep everyone engaged. And you know, hopefully we're, right. we're on the other side of it. So. So how do all of those aspects of your life come together to uh, lead to the ex- extreme? I want to make sure I have it right. The extreme mist portable sanitizing system. Correct. Really intriguing um, to me. So, t- how does that come about, and w- what are the potential upside and applications, particularly in this crazy time that we're dealing with? Certainly. Um, so, about uh, let's see. Gosh, it's been about it's been a long time. So, about eight years ago, I met a gentleman that uh, through my practice, and I, I won't get into particulars for uh, HIPAA reasons, but um, came through my office as a as a uh, for as a patient and through the years um he's he himself is known to be quite an active person very active lifestyle um kind of an extreme hence the hence the title extreme uh, uh, hiker outdoorsman and so through his through his life he he saw a need for a particular uh product 
that served his needs for when he was out in the deserts of the Sahara or on the Mount Kilimanjaro. This, this guy goes everywhere, right? Um, hydration. It's, it's that, that essentially started as a hydration system, correct? Exactly, exactly. So, um, which, you know, it's kind of funny. Out here, it's a very common um, device to see just in, in public places and at homes on the back patios. Um, you have mister systems that spray out a very fine mist to cool down and bring the ambient temperature immediately around you down to its to a comfortable level. And because of his outdoor activities, he found a need to find some way to do that and make it go with him. <laughs> so a portable uh, cooling system. And he came up with the Extreme Mist cooling, uh, personal cooling system. And then, uh, so it was about two years in development when he launched the product, um, very successfully, I might add. Uh, this guy's uh, pretty amazing. He, he, everything from start to finish, from inception to uh, fabrication of a demo and, and all the way up through production and manufacturing, um, did it himself, promoted it himself, uh, hits all the trade shows, and um, got it into uh, REI one of the major outdoor retail stores. Sure. They're selling his products, uh, local sports stores, running stores. Great, great device. Um, and it works amazing. So then when the shutdown happened, um, I got a call. And um, I got a call from Ron. He, that's the, the owner and developer. And he said, hey, Doc, I need your help. I was like, sure, what is it? And uh, he said, I'd love, to, I'd love to get this device. I've repurposed my personal cooling system uh, to spray out sanitation fluid to help with efficiency and the speed of delivery of the product and disinfecting area, large areas in a, in a very efficient, quickly in amount of time. And, uh, I, and he wanted to give it to hospitals in the local area to help out the efforts of keeping areas clean and, and people safe and um, maximizing your effort with fluid or disinfectants because of the um, rationing that was happening. You know, people's flying off the shelves and sure. hard for even the hospital systems, which are the ones that need it the most, we're having a hard time keeping it in stock and getting more supplies for their efforts to keep things clean. So I said, absolutely, Ron, no problem. Uh, I got on the phone with a couple different hospitals, um, about, I think, three different hospitals showed interest. Um, the next day, I got a call back from one of them, uh, one of the ones I go to the most. And immediately the human resources uh, director called us and said, Hey, we'd love your idea. Bring it in. Let's give us a demo. Let us try it out. And we donated a few units to the hospital and they've been using it ever since. So it's, and then immediately, you know, as he's, as he's telling me what he's doing with his device and just repurposing his uh, cooling system into a sanitation system, I immediately saw the benefits, even just my own office uh, with everyone kind of adapting uh, certain protocols to keep their patient safety in mind, um, and as well as their staff, just the effort it takes to keep things clean, to keep the environment that customers, patients come through safe, and not only for the people working there, but for the health and mindset of the people coming through our business. And I said, Ron, Give me one of those units. I want to use it here at the office. And it was, it was really amazing. It cuts, you know, we, we were cleaning rooms, every single patient um, before and after 
Um, we're disinfecting the, the waiting rooms. We're hitting the administrative areas, all the, my nurses stations, um, less frequently my office, but all the surfaces that get touched, including desktops and even the uh, electronics because of the, the mist is so fine. It dries fairly quickly. You can hit your phone, you can hit your computer, keyboards, no problem. Paper doesn't even get saturated enough or it dries so quickly that you don't even ruin paper. So we just hit the desks every now and then with papers on it and everything. And just the, cut, the, the amount of time and uh, kind of cost savings from preser preservation of the liquid, the disinfectant we were able to achieve, it was astounding. You know, we went from taking an average of five to six minutes to clean a patient room, uh, exam room, to about 40 seconds. And we've had, we fill up a sanitation pack, which holds about two liters of liquid and only weighs about five to six pounds total. Um, for my, you know, I got two, roughly a little over 2,000 square feet of office space that, I, that patients walk through. We've had sanitation liquid in one pack full will last about two weeks. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, so I'm like, I stock up once. Uh, with disinfectant and I'm good for probably a good six to eight months, maybe even a year, depending on uh, uh, how busy we get. But um, I think it's just been something that very quickly I, I saw the, the benefit and um, what it could do for not only the pure effect of disinfecting services, but also to help people understand that, you know, you're making an effort to keep them safe. Right. So, Outside of the healthcare industry, which I think it's an obvious you know benefit that people can easily relate to, but even the the service industry, customer service industries, like um, you know, I consider our gym, our dojo is a customer service based business where a lot of people are going to have a lot of concerns about the, the personal contact that one's going to have outside of the environment they're in, and so I immediately shared it with my my gym and my dojo. And um, they immediately snapped up about six of the packs and threw them all into their, um, we have about eight uh, Grace Barra dojos here in Arizona. And most of them have a sanitation pack that they're using, not so much to clean the mats with, because they, they tend to go a little heavier on the disinfectant with those and they need a um, uh, more of a saturation sure. process. <clears throat> but they're hitting everything else, you know, the benches, the locker rooms, the, the waiting rooms, the, the front desks, uh, any common areas, the bathrooms. So to, and, bring this, uh, to, yeah. to bring, I want to bring it more um, so that people can understand a little bit better um, in terms of, and it's interesting because uh, jujitsu is a little bit different from Taekwondo where sure. it, because of the fact that, that we're not as, we, we don't have as a ground game, essentially. We, we do do some groundwork, but people are generally going to be stand up. So a lot of what right. we're going to be looking for is, is disinfecting services. Is this something that is delivered through a, it sounds to me like it's not through a uh, permanently mounted and a fixed misting system. It's something that's manually, manually done. So is it going through um, a, a device that is, you know, like a, a Lysol spray can or something that is like, a, give me an idea of what we're talking about in terms of how it's administered. I know you told me about the weight, but how is it? Yeah, administered? So, so the device itself is based off of a hydration backpack. And I'll use the name because it's probably one of the more common names that people know about is a Camelback. Uh, so the Camelback backpack, which is that's a brand name, but it's a hydration backpack 
uh, smaller than a regular backpack and thinner, rectangular, that sits on your back and has a water or reservoir, liquid bladder uh, based in the pouch, and then has tubing that typically comes out of the pouch and onto your shoulder and with a nozzle that you can then draw water off of as needed. So uh, Ron actually took that idea and has developed a small one pound battery operated pump that uh, is then drives the, instead of manually uh, sucking the fluid out of the, the bladder, which obviously you wouldn't want to do that with disinfectant, um, he, has a, he has a pump that actually forces the water and pumps it out through small tubing, which is then tipped off with a Mr. Tip. Now that, and that was designed originally for the cooling system just to create a nice uh, vapor, you know, water vapor cloud that you can walk through and reduce your overall ambient temperature. And then here, um, and actually I have the pack kind of demonstrate that. Oh, that's great. So, so this is the, the actual backpack. And uh, originally he came up with the design for uh, retrofitting a regular hydration pack where he just had a little Y splitter come off the tubing. You plug in one tube to the original tubing from the, from the bladder and then one goes to the hose and then the other one goes through the misting tip, which then sits on your shoulder. So with this, uh, same concept, but he developed his own pack. So this is his branded pack uh, for extreme mist. And he's got the same uh, reservoir bladder inside of the pouch. So you've got the reservoir here. Okay. And the tube on the back. The little Y square tubing. So one for the actual misting fluid and one that goes to the pump. Actually, this is a secondary port. He, he created a secondary port for uh, another tip, if you another tube for a second mister if you wanted it. So then it has a battery that then drives the actual fluid, and that's located in the front pouch. Gotcha. And you know, about the size of an old Walkman, which you know you and I probably know about. The sure, design. sure. Sure. Young right people can look it up. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Um, his uh, generation, he's developed a second generation uh, battery, which is actually rechargeable through your traditional micro uh, USB. Um, okay. And also the large USB, the next, the second generation, this is the first, has a regular USB, so you can actually even charge your phone off of it if you wanted to. Um, so that's the pump, and all of it together, the whole pack, and filled to uh, capacity with the with the uh, pump itself is only about six pounds total so it's actually very light and pretty efficient so we um, we put it on just like a regular backpack and we have the mr. tip here and has the control here with a remote control which is I don't know it's actually pretty cool he has a, a detachable remote control wireless oh, wow. that turns it on uh, has a little slide cover so you don't actually turn it on by accident and slide it back and it has speed control which has about uh, I think like eight speeds you can turn on the mister depending on how heavily or light you want to saturate something you know uh, bigger droplets versus finer sure. and um, you know very quickly I can, I'll turn it on for you so you can kind of so hopefully sure. you can convey on the video but I'll turn it on I'll turn it on the highest mist and you can see Right here, I can disinfect my chair, disinfecting the cabinetry, exam tables, just about anything I want in a very short amount of time. That's great. Now, is there, 
that you you had indicated that uh, it, it it evaporates very quickly in terms of um, uh, from uh, the standpoint of it being uh, of dampness. So there's not a, a necessity that once you do that, that you now wipe down that surface. It, it, it's simply you would mist it and then it will, um, you wait a short period of time and, and it dries. Sure. Is that correct? Yeah. So now, and, th and this is one of the things that, you know, he actually kind of asked me about because he's, again, he's not a medical person. So sure. he wanted my opinions and, we came up with the uh, concepts and, and he did a lot of research himself and it really comes down to the, the, the fluid you choose to put into this pack. Um, he doesn't specifically have a recommendation um, for a specific type of solution. He, he does ask that you do your due diligence in researching what you're using through the, the device, but it's, it's really just a delivery system. There are disinfectants that require um, a wipe down, but most of them, um, for the better part, do kill on contact. So, and, and the only concern he had regarding the type of fluid was heavy alcohol based, which we do know that does work well against viruses. Um, but a lot of the, the heavy industrial cleaning solutions aren't necessarily what, um, alcohol based, they're water based. Um, he's worried about the alcohol maybe the parts of the pump and everything not holding up over time. Sure. Um, but it's, so it's more just a wear and tear concern, uh, not that it couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, so really what Ron is advocating for his device is really just using the tool for its efficiency and uh, being able to cover a large area very quickly, uh, considering hard to reach places. And, you know, for instance, he, the first place he tested it at was his, uh, his workout gym, his regular gym. Uh, with the weight equipment, the uh, all the different nooks and crannies, and all the different uh, weight sets and, and machines that people use at the gym, you know, it's almost impossible to sit there and wipe it with a hand wipe sure. or a cloth and spray everything to the point where everything is clean. Where this can reach in between little nooks and crannies and crevices uh, very efficiently without even touching them. So, and um, you know, I. I immediately say, yes, that's great. Let me use it in my office. I sent it to my brother, who's a physical therapist back in Georgia. He immediately started using it. Patients have looked into it just based purely on him doing it for his office. Like, I want one of those. <laughs> and so for, it's, you, it's, for you, in terms of what you're doing, uh, where did you, what type of a solution did you come up with in terms of uh, as the, as the, uh, th this is the delivery mechanism, but in terms of, of your determination as to what was a, a comfortable um, uh, actual sanitizing solution, where did you come up with the the idea for you know for that, or, or how did you select that? Um, and I'm I'm certain that you know if you if you were to give it to a yeah. gym again, I think one of the questions would be, well, it's great, but you know I'm I'm concerned about not necessarily knowing what is the right thing to put inside of it. Right. So there's actually a, a link on and a list uh, of sanitation or disinfectant solutions that have been reviewed by the CDC. So okay. if you go onto the CDC website, um, they already have a list of products that are known to be effective against the human coronavirus. Um, so it's, you know, and a lot of, there's a lot of debate about which ones specifically is it, is it all coronavirus? Is it, um, is it the corona COVID-19? And, and the answer is 
they have it's it's so such a novel virus that they've tested it against other coronaviruses in the, in the past and the best they can do is tell you well we know it kills these coronaviruses we're sure. going to assume it does kill these um so if, if anyone asks i usually direct them to the cdc website That's and right. look look for that list and and i, I apologize i can't remember the ex- actual name of that particular list but it's pretty easy to find right now <laughs> sure it's a hot topic I, i've seen it and we'll link it we'll link it with together with the uh, the post so absolutely um, absolutely so. yeah and you know again the the portable so and he and ron came up with the he calls it the portable sanitizing system and you can you can actually look that up online it's portable sanitizing system.com you know i think it's it's something that i can't see me doing without right now at least and it's you know, who knows how long this is going to last. Um, sure. I, I really don't. You know, people ask me all the time, like, Doc, how long is this going to be like this? How long am I going to have to wear masks? And um, the answer is, I don't know. Um, it's sure. here to stay, uh, quite honestly, unless they found an actual vaccine for the virus. Then uh, we're always going to be keeping our distance and taking a little extra effort to clean surfaces and uh, sure. protect each other. But you know the fact of the matter is that there are certain positive things that come out of out of all of this this tragedy, and you know people washing their hands more, or people, particularly in environments where you know we're you know we're 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 getting hot and sweaty in a gym in a dojang, to yeah. be able to use better sanitation practices as an ongoing what new normal so to speak. Um, there's right. certainly nothing nothing negative that can come out of that. You know that's certainly a positive. Um, I agree. I agree. It's. It, it has been challenging, and, and I applaud my my professors at our gym. You know, they've done an amazing job of trying to keep the highest standards for their for their company and the safety of their instructors and all their members and students. And uh, you know, I I've gotten quite a few calls from them. It's like asking, "What do I think about this? Doing it this way, and how should we handle that?" And um, just coming up with game plans and putting it down on uh, as a protocol, so to speak. Sure. Uh, for all the other gyms to uh, to adapt and and, uh, and to put in place, and it's it's been challenging. And and um, you know, granted, I'd like to say, oh, I, I trust the system, and I'm I'm at the gym now because it's open. Um, it's it's been tough. You know, you know, I have my family to think about, my sure. kids. And, sure. You know, and I'm and I'm around. You know, I'm a kind of a high risk guy. It's like I see a lot of people during the day that are coming sure. to me for medical reasons, um, but it's a big exposure. And I don't know if I'm comfortable exposing then my teammates and, and gym, um, you know, partners to that, what I'm experiencing. So it's been a little challenging for me to go right back to the gyms and the mats. But Absolutely. Uh, I think we're, know, all working, we're all working through it together and doing the best that, yeah. that we can. So tell me Absolutely. about the, from the, the business standpoint, um, I, is this, this is now beyond the point of being prototyped and, and beta. It's, it's actually a fully available delivery mechanism that people can go to the site and find out information and, and, and purchase. It's in, it's in the commerce stream at this point. Absolutely. So the website, you know, first and foremost, the extreme mist uh, cooling system, personal cooling system has been up and running for over two years. And the, they have carved out uh, kind of an identifiable separate website and link for the portable sanitizing system. Uh, which is you know, it, totally separate, but it's linkable from the Extreme Mist website. And you can go on and purchase the actual backpack. Um, actually, everything is is sold. Um, I, I know he sells the, the motor 
and the tubing and the reservoir pack, and you can actually retrofit your own hydration pack with it. Uh, like if you, let's say you have a, an old camelback or mm. a hydration pack and you just want to put the motor on it. And then instead of putting water in it, you put the disinfectant. You can do that. Um, many has the all, all in one, all inclusive backpack. And, um, he's even got really cool accessories now that where you, it comes with a, a set of four misters that you can mount to your eight, your UTV, your, you know, your, your, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the four side-by-side uh, ATVs or your, you know, the backseat of your car in a cab or a uh, golf cart when you're going golfing. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Um, he's, he's come up with some amazing ideas for it. Um, and it's in process. It's still, still fluid. He's, he's changing, adding things, making it better, uh, more user friendly. Uh, so, but it, all in all, it's, it's ready to go. You can buy it today. Um, on the website at portablesanitizingsystem.com and um, and check it out. It's 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 really you won't waste your money for sure. Um, and if you ever decided, you could just buy an additional backpack or, or uh, fluid reservoir and tubing, and switch it over to a cooling system. So, but if you wanted to buy the complete, if 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 you're somebody who's not as you don't have you're not you're not a hiker. Um, you don't have an old backpack lying around. You wanted to buy the complete system. That's available yes. there as well, correct? Absolutely. It is already available as is. As I use it here, you know, this backpack itself uh, with the Mr. Tip. And I think it actually now comes with a second uh, reservoir. So you have the option of switching it out and doing something different with it or just having a back, you know, backup. So, well, so, but, yeah, it's it's totally right. on commerce and um, – Feel free to get one today. I, I advise everyone that I show it to to get one just for their own use or for their businesses. Um, you know, food industry, I, I think, would be amazing for if Because sure. I know if I want to go to a restaurant and go sit down and eat at this point, it's like, I'm wondering, did you guys clean that table? Sure. Sure. <laughs> did you clean the chair? Did you I clean, think it's uh, something that's all in all of our consciousness right now. So, yeah. well, Dr. Yeah. Paul, uh, at, I want to make sure I don't butcher your last name. Letis, let Ledesma? Is that correct? It's close. Ledesma. Ledesma. All right. A little different emphasis. Dr. Paul Ledesma, I want to thank you for talking to us today. We're going to post this. We're going to, we're going to post links. Again, I think uh, when I found out about it, I know that it has literally been on every single call that I've been on related to the martial arts industry recently. It, it is the concern. You know, everybody is concerned. Everybody wants to get back to training. But everybody wants to a ensure that their, you know, that their facility is safe, and they want to be able to give, from a business standpoint, uh, the consumer, the students, the parents, the the you know the sense that they're walking into a, a safe and sanitized environment. So I really thought it was a, a appropriate conversation, uh, and and I really do appreciate it. And I think you really did, you know, highlight it for us. And and I'm going to um, I'll post all the links together with this. Uh, and, and we look forward to encouraging you and, and, in your black belt journey and, and, and hearing more about that down the road. So, so I want to thank you so much for talking to us today. Mark, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I'm always around for any questions. I love fielding questions about, uh, if it's the sanitizing system and how I use it in a medical space to, um, I love talking about, you know, martial arts at this point. So, right. Uh, right. it's been a cool experience and I, and I, I applaud everyone that's been in it for many years and, and the dedication it takes to stay with it. Um, it's life changing. You know, at times. Yeah, absolutely is life changing. Absolutely. And, uh, looking, looking forward to the journey. So, very good. <laughs> I appreciate well, that, it. 
thank you so much. And we look forward to speaking and wish you the best weekend. All right. Take care, Mark. Have a great Thanks. weekend. Stay safe. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.